When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Pluto. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Schmoda Rundown. Introducing first, Frankie. What's up, Movie Trivia Schmodown fans? Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown, the official episode of the Movie Trivia Schmodown. My name is Brad Gilmore, but you might know me by another name. You might know me as... The Boat. Hashtag best of all time. Hashtag Brad's Pichu. Hashtag Boat. Hashtag I'm on a boat. And I'm joined, again, from the West Coast. It ain't the best coast. West Coast Frank! Da-da-da-da-da! Yes, uh, still on the West Coast. Still. Still. Yeah, nothing's changed. Nothing's, nothing's changed. changed. It's still the same, same dwelling, same clothes. That's you know it. what, though? I have, I, have, I have somewhat of a beef with you. Why? Because when you were on backstage a couple weeks ago, you had a different setup going on for you. Your camera angle was different. I feel like it was lit a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You seemed to be more in, in, a, in a centralized location. Sure. And then I, I get you on here... And I have like a little bit of a shadow over part of your face. I've got you know, I've got the Jason Bourne wobbly cam going on. Like what you what well I can't get the nice camera view. What's going on here, West Coast Frank? Do you really want to know the truth? Well, I wouldn't be asking. You don't deserve that. <laughs> I can't handle the truth. You can't. <laughs> no, no, you can't. You don't deserve the proper land. You don't deserve the. Oh, I don't deserve. You don't deserve. Oh, the oh, that's oh, what it oh. is. So you get all pretty for Christian. That's but right. For me, he cashes the checks. No. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm a smart man, Brad. You understand? It's true. That's true. I don't pay you. I don't. <laughs> right. I don't. At least not anymore. That was just that one time, and it was weird. We'll never talk. Um, <laughs> except for right now. Anyway, man. Well, uh, I, I'm excited to be back here on the on the rundown. We had a, one match this week. We're still on one week matches, but I wanted to ask you if we should. I think we should break down these exhibitions. 
Are you down for that? Well, it's are Patreon, we not? Are, is it's it, Patreon is exclusive, it so mm. we might. We the only reason I want to talk about them, but I don't know if we could break them down. The only like reason I want to break yeah. them down is because I feel like I'm going to win both of them. You know what I mean? The one, the two that I'm in, I feel like I'm going to win both of them. So it's like I want to like come on here and gloat a little bit and like break down my first two victories hmm. in the movie trivia showdown, hmm. even though they don't really count. I mean, I'm sure you'll go one of two for sure. One of two for sure. Which one do you think I'm winning? The one that I'm not in. Oh, okay, That's for okay, sure. okay. Yeah. Well, you remember this Yo. thing right over here? Look, I have it. I have it in camera. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Let me tell I you would something. like to know how how you're studying for this. I'm really curious to know yeah, how you're studying no, for the Back to the Future Championship match. Because yeah, let me tell you right now. Uh, when we played last time, I didn't even study. That was just all right off the top of my head, all raw. That I was that was just built in. That was just built in stuff. Mm-hmm. This time, I'm actually, I'm actually putting in some effort. So I say that to say you're you're in some serious trouble. So is Smets. He knows. So is Andreco. He'll find out. So. And so will you soon enough. I'm not worried about Andreco. I don't know if I should be, but I'm not worried about him at all. Smets is a lunatic, so I'm a little yeah. bit concerned. Um, you, not at all. Uh, I haven't studied Good. yet, though. I haven't studied yet at all. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to do a couple quizzes. Andreco is yeah. the curious one. It's like, what What do you got up your sleeve? What do you... What do you... Yeah, why Why did he why want to be you? in this one? That's exactly. what I don't understand. That's I don't know. Is he a, a closeted super... Fan of Back to the Future, we just don't know. I don't know. It's possible. Um, I, I, and then this Bond one, I, it's going to just give me great pleasure and joy to beat Mike Kalinowski. Do you know how how happy that's going to make me? And I think a lot of people. If I beat Mike Kalinowski at James Bond, do you know? Do you know where that would rank for for me? As I think, I feel like I'd become a Schmodown legend. I really do. I think I'd become a Schmodown legend overnight. If I beat Mike in Bond, you know, it's I don't even care if I win the match. I just want to get a higher score than him. That's my only goal. What's interesting is for the competitors that are going up against yourself or or myself, Franco. Uh, no, no, I'm talking about for me. If oh, the players that are going up against the us, the, the commentators. Mm. If the, the players, the Schmodown pros, oh, lose to yeah. us, oh, I yeah. mean, you know, like that's oh, and if we if either one of us beats Kevin Smets. In an inner geekdom movie, that's what I'm saying. And he's the inner geekdom champion. That's I think it, that he should retire. I think he should <laughs> just give so? up the belt. Calling for it right now. I think, I think we should just automatically be entered into the into the championship discussion. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I, I just feel like that would be fair. You know, it's a friendly exhibition, so I don't want to go Drago on anybody. But I'm just saying I might have to. And uh, you, you know, you might be playing James Brown at the funeral for the inner geekdom champion. Kevin Smith. Let's move on, though, Frank. Um, again, those matches are coming up. I, I think that we're shooting them soon, so I'm excited. Backstage also went down. I was on backstage this week, um, and we were talking about the Elba Alba thing, which I think that the overwhelming majority disagree with my stance, which is also Andreco and Christian's stance. And I think Christian, though, disagrees, and, and Andreco disagrees with my stance of, I don't even think he should have been challenged at all. I guess I was wrong on that one. I can admit that. I think I was wrong. You should probably have challenged it. It makes sense now that I think about the precedent that went behind it. But I was on there to talk about that. But then other stuff happened. And and I had to jump off. So I jump off, but I throw the headphones on. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? 
I felt like there was some turmoil again in the Finstock Exchange. <laughs> I felt like What's going on. Uh, Chandru the Chosen was uh, Chandru the guy that we're going after. You know what I mean? He was he went from Chandru the Chosen to <laughs> Chandru the Target. You yeah, know what I mean, <laughs> it's true. Like everyone was firing slugs at Chandru, and he got to go on there. What What was your main takeaway from backstage this week? So there's a couple things, right? Chandru and the whole Ben Roca stuff. That's where do we where where do we even begin? I want to start with the Chandru stuff first. Interesting. Just first of all, his whole appearance and is just I don't even. It was it was the slowest car wreck I've ever seen, <laughs> and, and and then. All the audio issues before he could even say five words. It took him about thirty well, listen, minutes man. to say something. Listen, but but man. when he did, he ran out he of did. his three thousand hours of AOL. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> the ninety-five processor can only have Excel and a, a video chat up at the same time. So I mean, he had a couple programs running in the back, which I think was messing him up. But the the, the interesting thing, though, listening to Chandru and and Roka says it, Chandru doesn't even know what he's doing. He really doesn't. And that's the interesting thing. Because when you don't really realize what you're doing, how you're coming across, mm-hmm. he thinks he's playing it one way. The audience, some of the audience, not all of us, but myself included, see him as another way. And he, and he doesn't understand or hasn't been able to comprehend that aspect of how he's coming across. He thinks he's... He's being the face type character, and even though in right. that in that episode he kind of was, it was sort of dawning on him like, well, I guess maybe that wasn't exactly true. So, and Rokas also said, you know, he's he's like searching for himself. He's still a young guy; he doesn't really understand what's going on. But with that said, is um, you know, you, we were talking about before we got on here. You can there's certain ways to lean into that aspect of who you are and roll with it and. This really, this this appearance on backstage, I think, if he wants to roll in that kind of direction, has really set it up for all of that. So it'd be interesting to see if he's if he's ready to fully commit to a direction in which he knows he's doing. Like he has to realize what he's doing, how it's coming across, and all of that. Because it seems like he's kind of just going with the flow. This is who I am. I think I'm doing this, but it's not really happening in a in a profound, direct. Uh, visceral way if he decides to fully commit and understand and gets a little help from from let's say the rokas or the the ben batemans the andrew guys christian harloff give a little direction to him like hey this is we can do this instead of him just kind of trying to figure it out on his own because clearly that's been a little bit rocky for him but if he gets some clear direction i think we have a lot of fun with this character hopefully in the future I think so too, man. I I felt I felt a little bad for Chandru, man. I felt like people were ragging on him and and, and getting after him. Um, and I I get Christian had some issues with something that he said. I I don't know what podcast he was on because I don't listen to any Schmodown podcast except for this one, and I don't even listen to this one. I just do it. But um, I I I uh, so I guess he had that issue. But with the whole um the character stuff, I think it's gonna work itself out. You know what I mean? I think that um. When The Rock first debuted, you've been watching. Frank's, by the way, is being a converted wrestling fan. Like he's he's deep diving on the WWE Network. I feel like since wrestling and UFC are the only things that are still going right now, it's true. Everyone's like all in on them. And uh, you've been watching the uh, 
What is that? Oh, my girlfriend's trying to FaceTime me. Should I answer it right now? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? No. You got okay, nothing important going it. on right now. So hey, hey Farah. <laughs> I'm doing the rundown. Uh, would you like to say anything? Um, be safe, stay home, and wash your hands. Well, there you go. Uh, hey, uh, question for you: um, in the back, in this upcoming Back to the Future exhibition match that's going down, it's going to be me versus Frank Janish versus Kevin Smets, the Intergeekdom champion. Versus Mark Andreco. Who do you think is going to win the Back to the Future exhibition match? Brad Gilmore, the boat. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. She's, she's, sound, like she's my girlfriend. She sounds like she was paid to say that for crying out loud. She sounds she sounded somewhat less confident, but she knew what she was supposed <laughs> to say. And then what about in the James Bond match? I'm going to be playing in the James Bond match against Emma Fife, Mike Kalinowski, and Tim Franco. Do you think that I'm going to win that one? Yes. The boat is going to win both. Look at that. Okay, wow. well, I love you. Red like I'll a call true hostage. Jeez. Love you, bye. Look at that. Isn't she that read, beautiful? She's a hostage note, it sounds like. <laughs> it's not a hostage note. <laughs> Jeez. She, it was a little less enthusiastic. Yes, than I liked Brad will win. And he is great. What you Go didn't see is she was actually Brad. holding up today's paper in the, in the frame. <laughs> yeah, she was like, am I frozen on your end, or can you, you see You are. Me? You're certainly frozen. I am. Okay, hold on. Time out. So that, that was the boat's girlfriend. That was the float, the finest lady of all time. But we were talking about, Frank, the um, with Chandra, you, you've been doing a deep dive on the WWE Network, and, and you've been watching some Attitude Era stuff. And in, um, in, in, in that time when The Rock first debuted at Madison Square Garden Survivor Series 1996, I think. I'm pretty sure 1996. Um he debuted as Rocky Maivia. He's wearing this weird tribal floral kind of pattern thing. He comes out, whatever. And then as he goes along, he was just coming out smiling and, and talking about how great he's, you know, how great his opponent is. And gosh, gosh darn it, I'm going to give my best foot forward and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win the, the the championship because that's what I do because I'm Rocky Maivia. And then he flashes teeth, right? Well, the fans kind of started resenting that because it didn't seem authentic. It didn't seem real. It seemed like this is what this guy thinks that he's supposed to be saying because he's a babyface. And so the crowd starts booing him. They turn against him. And then they start chanting at a babyface, die, Rocky, die. That was what they would chant at him every time he'd walk out of the curtain. So here you are. You're thinking you're a good guy. You walk out. The fans are completely rejecting this persona. And they're saying they want you to die, Rocky, die. You know, then you're like thinking to yourself, and The Rock had to think, okay, well, maybe I need to shift this. You know, maybe I need to go somewhere else with this. Maybe I need to listen to what the audience is giving me. And in the Schmodown, I need to listen to maybe what some of the commenters are saying, or listen to what some of the commentators are saying. And let me just kind of sway it back and forth a little bit. I do think that he was getting dumped on a little too much. But um, I, I, I do also think this, and I know that you're. You're close with the IG champ, as am I. You know, with the P-Square boys. But I think that Roka may have been right in one thing. Not so much the studying of Chandru, which I think is smart. I think that Smets saying Chandru's gotten lucky three times, I, I wouldn't go into this match with Chandru with that mentality. Because Chandru was really, in, in all honesty, in all honesty, 
was Chandru lucky in in the match with Kevin, or was Kevin lucky that Chandru misspoke? Because had he not done that, sure. that match could have ended up way different. So I wouldn't go in with the mentality of, oh, he's just gone on a lucky streak or he's beaten Brandon Hannah 17 times. What does it really matter? And and right. that's where I think Roca had a point in in this upcoming match. You need you need to. I, and I'm not saying that he's not taking him seriously, but just don't go in there with that mentality. Right. So what I'll say to that is, do you think Kevin was saying that because Chandru's under his skin, or do you think maybe Smith is saying that to get under Chandru's skin to say to say you're really nothing, you got lucky? Mm. Well, here's the thing. It could go both ways. It could go. It could go both ways. But if I am if I am looking at this from a promotion standpoint and I'm a fighter, I'm promoting myself. Like you also have to give props to the other guy. Cuz if you don't give props to your opponent, it means nothing when you beat him. Kevin Kevin certainly has done that and he did do that. So and I, I if you I don't know, I think I the know lucky thing that gates it all. Kevin well, you can't say one thing and say another. I think you can say he certainly said. Well, Kevin certainly said that you know he's gotten lucky with the wheel, but he even Kevin even said since they last played each other, neither of them have missed a question. Mm-hmm. So Chandru is good. Everyone knows that. Kevin knows that. But like I said, is Kevin saying Chandru, you've gotten lucky with the wheel a couple times. You played Brandon three times. Um, you know. Is he saying that to get under Chandru's skin, or do you want to believe that Chandru's under Kevin's skin, and that's why Kevin is saying that stuff? You can certainly look at it two different ways. I I, I think it's the latter, that he's saying this to get to Chandru, to get into Chandru's head. Will it work? I don't know. We'll find out on game day, but um, you certainly can look at it both ways. It just depends uh, who you're more of a fan of, I guess. Yeah. Who do you have in that match, man? Because I think that obviously you ha- the favorite has to be Kevin. Not just because he's the champion, because he's been the most dominant intergeekdom player maybe ever, if yeah. not ever. So you have to obviously give him the favorite, but man, their first match was so close. And it was a real, as they said in the Attitude Era, slobber knocker. And it could have gone it could have gone either way. Just just one question could have determined the difference in that one, so I don't know. I, th- it's it's close. I think Kevin's the favorite. If I had to bet money, I'd bet on Kevin. But just because you're the favorite doesn't mean you're going to go out there and retain. So um, I don't know. I mean, you you you're you're obviously going with Kevin in that one too, though, huh? I am, but also because I mean, you're right for everything you just said about Kevin. You know, he's one of the best and quickly becoming could potentially be the best ever inner geekdom player. I think he has a couple more. One or two defenses will certainly, well, one defense will certainly put him right there at the top because only Jason Inman and Hector Navarro have ever defended the belt. However, since Jason Inman left the league, no one has defended the belt. Christian talked about it. Kalinowski hasn't done it. Myra hasn't done it. Rachel Cushing didn't do it. Kevin Smith would be the first player in this kind of era of inner geekdom uh, to defend the belt, which would be a major accomplishment, especially against a player of the quality of Chandru. So if he could do that, Kevin Smets defends against Chandru. He's right at the top as one of the best of all time. Um, but he's still got some work to do. Even with all of that, 
and you look at this five-round format in which Chandra has never played in, Smets has now. So, and he, and he's played in live settings. Chandra has not. So there's other things that Kevin has experienced that Chandra hasn't, which tip the scales in the favor of Kevin just on that alone. And then you take a look at how Kevin played his last match, knocked out Mike Kalinowski in a title match. Of all people, he knocked out Mike Kalinowski in a match where... In a live event. In a live event. And you look at their first match, it was close and Kevin lost. And then what happened when Kevin faced Kalinowski? Destroyed him. Will that happen to Chandru the second time he faces Smets? Will Chandru lost a close one? Will he knock out, knock out Smets and do a reverse? I doubt it. But will Smets come back even stronger and lay a, a much um, bigger hurt on Chandru than he did before? So I'm leaning towards Kevin because you look at all his numbers, and while Chandru's are very good as well, Kevin is is above him and everything. And that's saying a lot when you look at Chandra's numbers. And real quick, speaking of Intergeekdom numbers, I just finished the Intergeekdom record book, and let me tell you, about over 60% of the individual records at the number one spot, there's one name, and it's Kevin Smith. So go ahead and check out those uh, those Intergeekdom records on showdownlive.com. Wouldn't that, so go wouldn't that technically be two names? Because Kevin's a name, it's a first name, and then there's a last name. There's one full name. There's two names at the top. Would you Would you like to me recite it so I can correctly, you know, present it to you? Is that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Obviously, I'm kidding. Hey, what do you think though of of the Roka Ben Bateman beef? Or or maybe there's not a beef. I don't. I shouldn't say oh. beef, but the disagreement. The disagreement. I because love wait, it. Wait, 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 before you before you. But before you go into your diatribe, I'm, I'm obviously teeing you up here because a month and a half ago or whenever it was, you put out kind of this soliloquy of why the Finstock Exchange is, is bubbling at the ground and maybe splitting at the seams and maybe a pre-indication of a large earthquake about to run through, through straight through that faction. What did you think? Because there, there was a disagreement about something that Kevin said about studying your opponent, and then John saying, well, that's stupid, you don't need to study your opponent. I think that's what he said at first. At least that's the first thing that he said. I think he kind of walked it back a little bit later, just saying there's different study methods. And then um, Ben Bateman called it ridiculous, I think was, yeah. was the word yeah. that he used. Yeah. Um, and, and they seem to get a little bit heated there. Uh, do you think that this is further proving that your, your theory from a few months ago, or do you think this is much to do about nothing? <laughs> I'm both actually. It's much to do about nothing, and it's proven me right. Um, because as long as they keep winning, which they're doing, they can have these kinds of problems. But at the end of the day, W's is all that matters, and they're racking them up. They're number one in the faction race right now. However, it it is like a ticking time bomb because what happens if the founding fathers loses to corruption. What happens if Roka loses to Ethan Irwin? What happens if Damarell loses the belt? What happens if Ben Bateman starts losing? All these other underlying issues that they've been suppressing by winning now rise to the top. And how are those guys going to handle it? It was a different story last year when they were going through these, those, the, the losing before they started winning at the end of the year, right? They're finding themselves, mm-hmm. but 
everyone's kind of given each other benefit of the doubt. Certainly Roka towards Bateman, bringing Bateman in um, to the horsemen. There was, Roka was skeptical. And week by week now, Roka was right to be skeptical in certain regards, but also not because of what Bateman brings to the table. It's also how Roka responds to what Bateman brings to the table. Has it been the best? And Bateman, it goes both ways, really. And it's interesting to see Bateman. You know, it's interesting because the Atlanta stuff, something happened there. And we were on backstage the week after, or right after that, and we didn't really get into that. Even though I knew there was something there, but they did the right thing by not broadcasting it to the entire Showdown fan base. That did not happen on backstage this past week. Ben, something happened there, right, in terms of the studying habits and whether it's a good thing or blah, 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 all right? Ben decided to address it right there and then, instead of waiting till after the show to deal with it. He he decided to broadcast this on backstage to the entire Schmodown community. And also, he did it with his very close friend, former teammate Andrew Guy, right there on the stream as well. Almost as if he was some sort of backup to whatever Ben Bateman was going to say. Andrew Guy is not in the Finstock Exchange. He's not your teammate. He's your friend, and he's your business partner, and would have you outside of the showdown. I understand. But when there's interfaction things going on, the Finstock Exchange has 99% of the time failed to deal with it behind the scenes, and they always end up going on someone else's stream or on backstage and airs their dirty laundry. And it's not exactly a great look. It's definitely an entertaining look. But it's not a great look as an organization, in my opinion. Again, this is all my opinion, and Roka's going to tell me I'm dead wrong. But I can just point to the tape every couple of weeks something's going on. So, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Let's see what happens when the winning stops. Because it will stop. It will. No one, it's in this era of the showdown. No one's going on seven, eight, nine game win streaks and lasting the entire year. It's, I'll be super impressed if it happens, but I, if I was a betting man, I would not bet on that. Somewhere down the line, Founding Fathers is probably going to lose, just like every other great team has. And what happens when that, that occurs? We'll find out. Yeah, I mean, it. now as a viewer... Of backstage, oh, I loved it. <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's exactly what I watched that show for. It's what I want to see. I want to see heated conversations occurring during some of the leagues or between some of the league's biggest personalities. Yeah, you, you don't really get much bigger than Ben Bateman and John Roca at this point. You know, Dan Merle. There's a few names, obviously, but they're two of the preeminent stars of the league. They happen to be on the same faction. They happen to have a disagreement. Now, the Andrew Guy factor there. I didn't even think about that. I don't know if that had a thing. I don't know if Roka thought, oh, man, I got these two guys. I know they're going to come up against me. I haven't b- fight these guys back before, so let me let me just go ahead and fire up real quick now. Let me preemptive strike. Bam, bam. You know what I mean? I don't know if that was the case, but I will say um, it was very interesting and entertaining, and it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't stop the noise. No. Right? Because there's been noise since the draft. There's been noise since, since the draft. Since round four. 
<laughs> since round four, there's been noise. And the actions that we've seen since then have done nothing to uh, stop that chatter. And this just adds fuel to that fire. We'll see. We'll see. Now, if you don't have anything else on this, I do want to talk about something related before we get to the next proper. Andrew Guy, Finstock Exchange. Is it a possibility? I don't know. But something in the match that we saw this week, the the uh, cutscene, the pre-match scene, had a bit of a head-scratcher. Now, was it a great scene? Yes, it was. Was it hilarious? Absolutely. What did it mean? So we saw Andrew Guy encounter one Tom Dagnino who was climbing down a ladder for some unknown reason with his shirt off, which isn't, that's not shocking. No, it's not at all. But none of that was shocking, honestly. <laughs> right, we just yeah. don't know the reason he was on the ladder. Yeah. I'm not surprised to see him there, but it's just, we don't know why he you was You look there. up and you go, well, that makes sense. Okay. Carry on. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. So... We then see Andrew Guy say, hey, man, I got something for you. And he's like, uh, okay, uh, what do you got? And he says something to the effect of, look, I'm not that guy who would let the other guy do something to this guy for whatever guy. So a playoff, something that we saw them do before when they were talking about Robert Meyer Burnett and they were doing that whole thing with the family and, and, and the uh, who's the boss and all the, you know, the, uh, Burnett burn the Finstock exchange mask or the Finstock's mask. So... Finstock, Bobby Gucci, Tom Dagnino reaches into this bag, pulls out the mask, the Finstock mask, and it shows that it was never burned to begin with. It was never destroyed. At least that's what we're led to believe. And then the scene goes off the air. And then we see at the end of the match, almost a trailer of some sort, where we see Tom Dagnino with the mask back on, and he's climbing up the ladder, and a newspaper article comes up and says, Finstock is back. And then that's the end of the match. What did this mean? Is this Andrew Guy's way of trying to butter up Finstock to maybe, one, make a play for him? Because now he is partnerless in the movie trivia showdown. He's almost really been the leader of the usual suspects. Because we haven't seen Sam a whole hell of a lot since the draft. And the Janine match. I don't know if we've seen him at all. Maybe, maybe the Janine match. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you're right, not a lot. But that's it, you know? So not not a whole hell of a lot. So my question is, was this some sort of peace offering to Finstock for him to make a play on Andrew Guy? This scene is very interesting because what... First of all, there's a lot of facets to this. And we can go a lot of different directions. You have to ask yourself, what does it mean for Finstock to come back to the Schmodown. Where does that leave Bobby Gucci slash Tom Dagnino? What does that mean for the Finstock Exchange as a whole? Finstock Exchange is literally named after the guy that we just saw in this scene. Return. The the mascot right. is wearing the mask. It's it's him. It's right. Finstock. How does now obviously the personality of one Dagnino slash Gucci is 
it's different than Finstock. With all the things going on with the Finstock Exchange, now you throw in this animal, this you know, enigma into the mix. How does that jive with what's going on in the Finstock Exchange? How they're how do they how they operate? I don't really know because Finstock is is a little bit lewd. Um, he's very kind of direct and blunt. And he is lewd or he's on lewd? What did you say? It works, I guess. But either way. However, however you... Lewd, Get elbow, the elbow, lewds. Elbow, elbow, it's the same yeah. thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. So... Alba, alba. Right. So I'm curious to see if Finstock shows up to a Founding Fathers match. I'm talking about Finstock, mask and all. What is that like? What What is that energy like what's that whole dynamic gonna seem uh, seem like on stage or you know in the matches but also what is the motivation for the debonair to hand over the mask to dagnino is there more of a nefarious type of motive or is it just like look i'm trying to turn a corner here this new thing i'm doing we didn't really burn it so here you go it could it be as innocent as that sure but I don't really think so. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Just to be nice out of the blue. This is the schmodown. People want things all the time. You want a match, you want a you know, you want a player on your faction, you want to make a trade or a deal. You know, you say, Hey, Tagnino, remember when uh, I can make that mask? Yeah, how about you trade us the barbarian? You know, something could come down the line like this. So I don't think it's an innocent act. Do I know what it's for? I don't. I'm really curious. But, like you said, we haven't seen a whole lot of Sam Levine. Andrew Guy has kind of stepped into this manager role, which we saw with this match with uh, Jader Paramo. And I got to tell you, Andrew Guy would make a fantastic manager, given the way he talked about matches on backstage in the past, this past week, the way he worked with Jader, um, the way he knows the game. Um, You know, I know people say... Sam Levine kind of drafted Ken Knapsack to kind of fill that spot when he's not there. But I think, really, it might end up being Andrew Guy, who's probably the, the guy to kind of fill that void, if you're asking me. So, what's going to happen at the end of all of this, Andrew Guy, Finstock? I don't know, but Finstock going back up on the roof to finish some shingles? I don't know. Well, you know, <laughs> Okay. Well, wait, wait. Did you say fixing shingles or he has shingles? I didn't hear it again. That's what I said. <laughs> you know what I said. You know what I said. Um, yeah, I just I couldn't help myself. Yeah, I don't know. The old saying is there's no such thing as a free lunch. And with Andrew Guy just giving it to him out of the kindness of his heart, even though he's not dastardly, even though he's debonair, I don't know. I don't believe it. Something, something doesn't smell right, you know, and it definitely, definitely could be that mask. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens going forward. I, I, I'm curious to see how this plays out. But you talked about the match. You talked about the hurricane, Jada Paramo, the cherry bomb, Brittany from Glow, Machu Picchu from Glow, which as a wrestling fan and as a fan of television, I guess, I love Glow. And in the last season, or was it the season before... The whole thing. Did you watch Glow? I have not yet. 
Oh, you haven't watched Glow? No. Okay, then I won't spoil it for you. Thank you. But just Mark Maron is a is a writer director, right? And he has this idea for a movie, and that's where I'll leave it. Okay, it's it's a great payoff. It's a great payoff when you get there. People people who are watching, and you know me, they know why it's a great payoff. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it was it was cool to see Brittany in, in this match against Jader. I was interested to see because we saw her in the Glow Exhibition match. And I think, um, I can't remember who all played in that. I know Kia was there, uh, uh, Awesome Kong. And yeah. um, I know a couple other things, but I don't rem- I don't remember who else was in that match. Uh, only, only celebrity match I really remember was the Power Rangers one. And it was because Becky G was up in that that's match. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Brother. Brother. What a day. Anyways. Were you there? No, I wish I was. My lord. But it's probably a good thing I wasn't. Anyways. Yeah. You know, she was here in Houston. Okay, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't um, matter. <laughs> uh, so, so I don't really remember the glow match too much. I know Clark was in it, and I know Brienne was in it. And uh, so I was interested to see what Brittany could bring to the table. And then Jader, we know that he won a fan competition. But really, what does that mean? You know what I mean? You you beat a couple J-Brones in the audience? I don't know. I mean, it wasn't televised. We didn't really have, and I, I say that to say, we didn't really have a a barometer of his skill. We didn't really know. We didn't see a sampler. We didn't have an appetizer of what Jader could do because that wasn't filmed, so I didn't really know his skill level. Now, we talked to him at the um, Spectacular. I, I talked to him for quite a bit afterward, and and, and we um, spoke for a while, and I was just asking a bunch of questions. Um, not about movies. And, uh, <laughs> excuse me. And uh, bless you, brother. You're supposed to say bless you. Anyway, uh, I didn't know what his skill level was going to be either. Now, when we got into the promo battle here, I love John Kaiser talking all kinds of smack, and then Brittany just being like, hey, yeah, yeah, let's go do it. And she's like super positive. And then you go to Jader, who was the same, I think a little bit more subdued in his approach. And then you had Andrew Guy come through. It was like, no, get ready. It's hurricane season. you know. And then, then we get on. So I love the promos. I thought that was good. I liked that Kaiser and, and, De- and um, Guy were the two managers who were going to battle it out because I think – Obviously, Sam Levine can hold his own in any war of words. But if I want to see two people go at each other, I want to see John Kaiser and I want to see Andrew Guy. I think they could really dig in and throw some nice insults. So I liked all the setup, and then we got to the match. What were your What were your um, opinions or takeaways from Brittany versus Jader? Yeah, God bless you. Um, I really liked the dynamic between. Or you could do Kaiser. the Seinfeld. You remember in Seinfeld? No, what was it? You're so good looking. <laughs> you remember that? No, I don't. No, I don't. I'll go back and watch it. Because well, George says "bless you" to another man's wife, and then the guy gets upset, and then Jerry goes, "Why don't we even say bless you? We should just say something like you're so good looking." <laughs> I'll remember that for next anyway, time. Continue. Yeah, yeah. So the dynamic between Kaiser and Brittany was great. I like that she was, you know, like you said, cheery and. You know, happy and Kaiser's like, no, that's that's your opponent. You you, you don't give him respect. Uh, Andrew Guy, look, Jader didn't really have to do a whole lot, and who could blame him? You got the debonair right there. He's gonna do all all the talking for you. Uh, it's a great guy to have in your corner in your as your debut match. Same thing with Kaiser. Um, it's great to have Andrew Guy in your corner. Same thing with Janine there, obviously as well. We saw in, in the entrance. So uh, for Jader. And look, Jader, he's he's a fan. You're right. We don't really have a whole lot to go on. There is that that cell phone footage of of the match. Um, you can kind of you can make out 
what was going on. But you're right. You can't really gauge Jader's level of where he's at in terms of knowledge. And I didn't know what we were going to find here in in this match. So I was definitely curious. He seems like a really good kid. Um, definitely, I think, knows his stuff. He's got some podcast things that, he's, that he works on. You know, he does reviews and things like that. So I was expecting at least a very good baseline of knowledge, whether or not that translates into win, you never know in these things, because Brittany Young in that glow match, uh, she, she she really impressed Clark Wolf at the end of the day and impressed a lot of people that day. So, and we were trying to get her into the showdown long before this. It just didn't happen to work out, but now is the timing. So definitely curious to see what Brittany Young can do. And right off the bat, you know, when you look at the match as a whole, I don't, I wasn't, so I wasn't disappointed in what they brought to the table at the end of the day, both of them. So um, going into it, I was I was pretty excited to see what each one would do for different reasons, and that makes for an exciting matchup. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, anytime you have two unknowns, it, it can it can be really exciting because you don't know who to root for, you don't know which one you're going to like, you don't know who's going to be better. And then honestly, they were virtually identical in that first round. I think it was seven six, maybe. Right. Uh, for Jader, Jader in favor. Um, they both missed the Elena Bottom Carter question about who was the Red Queen and right. in uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and, and I think there was there was a, I mean there was a couple obviously, but um, to me though, the round ones we've said it all season have been a little bit easier. So you're expecting a six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. I think yeah. anything lower than six, you're you're not you're not going to be in striking. Not distance. this year. Yeah. Not this year. And then, though, this round two, though, was – I've made these comparisons before, but it's like the slow bicycle race. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, she got Oscars. Obviously, it wasn't her strongest category. She multiple-choiced her way out of a couple of them. I think that she got uh, two of them for sure in multiple choice, yeah. and then she got the colors of the wind question from Pocahontas. So she, I think she went three for what, – what, what did yeah. she end up going? Yeah, three for three four, four, four. Four points, yeah. So, I mean, she found her way through it, and then Jader ends up getting crime and does not do well at all. And I think that she yeah. even got a steal off of him she for got... the Bronx Tale question. Yeah, so that that was an interesting question for Jader to get around. But real quick, let me go back to that first round because Brianne, who was on the desk, uh, pointed out something about verbalize your answers, which if you look back on the past couple of matches for the first round, uh, whether it's... I think uh, Rachel comes to mind. There was, you know, even Jader in this match. Um, not verbalizing what you've written on the board, and yet there's still a word of the point. So, eventually, you're going to run into someone like Ben Bateman. Be like, I didn't verbalize. Didn't verbalize. He said some sort of cute answer. So, I thought about that, though. Right? And it's interesting why... This is like a completely different thing, but it's interesting why the the commentators at the desk are not penalizing players for this. Because I understand it's being, it'll seem really stern, but it's also in the rules that are recited by Mark Ellis. Verb, say, show us, and verbalize your answer. It's in the rules he reads. And there's been plenty of times already this, this season where players aren't doing that. They'll show their answer, but they're not verbalizing what they wrote on the board. Uh, a rule's a rule for a reason. Anyways. 
You know, but but you're right though. When you get cute with them for a little bit, because I think I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was people are gonna say, "Oh, here we go again." I think it was the Pride match. I think Rachel Silverstreet had an question. answer. Yeah, the Water Boy. Water Boy. Yeah, she, what did she, she said, say? Uh, he loves that foosball. I love foosball. Was, yeah, and love that. She foosball. wrote Water Boy, she didn't say it though. She didn't say it. I thought about that. I thought about that. Um, and and when you get a little bit too cute with the rules, or, or you get a little bit loose. You're going to end up getting penalized. Someone's going to get bit. And I think I may have told this story before. But I was in Little League, man. It was a big game. It was a huge game. Runner on second. Scoring position. Base hit will drive in the run. You know, we were down by one. Needed to tie. We were in the fifth inning. We only played a six back then. Back when I was practicing in the batting cages, I was swinging my bat and letting it go. Swinging my bat and letting it go. Just for fun. I'm in the game. I swing the bat. Let it go. Umpire says, hey, don't do that again. And this is earlier in the game. And then when it got time for this this big crucial hit, I swung, let go of the bat. It hits, you know, the dugout, and the umpire called me out. He said, you're out. We don't, we don't play that way. I, I warned you, do it the right way. And I, I just got too cute in my practice, and I wasn't taking it seriously. So to, to say that again, I mean, I know it could seem harsh, but you got to say both because if one of them, if, if we don't want to get an Alba situation right. here, you know, you got to say it and show it. Um, so that way you can get awarded the points. But, yeah, I think that you're right. I think that's a great observation, yeah. Frank. So, um, but looking at the second round, yeah, I thought Brittany Young, look at she knew the rules of the game. We don't see a lot of rookies come in, uh, especially you could say those that work a lot in the entertainment field, whether actors or directors or writers, don't necessarily, um, or, you know, like Matt Atchity, you know, he's still figuring out the rules all these years later. But Brittany seemed to have a really good grasp of the rules repeats yeah. and, and multiple choice didn't need to be told that. I don't know if that was Kaiser's coaching, you know, saying, Hey, look, you got this, this, and this to utilize, um, use them if you need them. If that was the case, that's a great job on Kaiser's part. Um, either way, it's a great job on Kaiser's part. His player was prepared. That's all. I, that's all I need to, to know. His player was prepared for how to play the game. And so that was really encouraging to see Brittany was prepared to play the game now jader he had a, a tough go there in that second round you could see in that first question the the bronx tale he was he clearly got mixed up um i forget who, who was uh chaz um i can't even say the last name either right now to tell you the truth but palatory yeah, or something yeah. like but that. he but he wrote the movie he didn't direct it so you could see that jader knows the stuff he's just getting mixed up there is that the lights for him it's a different situation maybe but the rest of the round, he did struggle. He only got two points out of that. Um, luckily, Brittany wasn't able to steal uh, on a couple other opportunities because if that had happened, Jader would have been walking home with an L. Um, but it's it's interesting for him to go through that, and, and you know he's a he's a rookie, he's a fan, and now he's playing against someone who's on Glow. He's playing against people he's been watching. For years, or you know, he's playing in front of people he's been watching for years, and I can't imagine. I, I bet you he's feeling pretty good after the first round. Second round probably brought him back down to earth. Yeah, that second round was a big wake up call. You know, that that was a kind of a slap in the face, or uh, waking up with a cold bucket of water. You know, uh, he he just got ice bucket challenged by Machu Picchu, and um and 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 it, it, it didn't go well. It didn't go well for him. And, and for a minute, I thought, okay, I thought. Just because, you know, he's the fan and he's, you know, he won the competition and he had this real drive to to go and do this. I felt like he was going to win the match. 
That was just like my gut feeling of, okay, I think he's going right. to go out there and do it. Then when he and Brittany were like neck and neck after round one, and then she went three for four, even with multiple choice in her Oscars, and then I saw him kind of drop the ball. She gets a steal. I'm like, oh, I've got this thing all wrong. This sucks for Jay. I was starting to feel bad for Jader. I'll be honest with you, because I was like, here's this guy is. You know, he's a family man. He did this competition. He got the Willy Wonka golden ticket, and he's going to go out, go in and walk out like Augustus Gloop. You know what I mean? He, he sees the Chocolate River. This boy's out of here. You know, that's what I thought was going to happen to him. And so I, I I did. I started to be like, man, that kind of sucks. Brittany, you know, she's good. She'll be fine even if she loses. I feel like they'll bring her back. She's local. She's, you know, she's got that celebrity factor. Might draw a couple extra eyeballs. I'm just thinking as, like, you know, a promoter and a sure. fan would think, okay, she'll probably come back even in a loss as long as it's close. He, I don't know, we might never see the hurricane again. Right. This might be a – Sam Levine might have to drop him as soon as he loses. So then when he came back and ended up winning – um in that Marvel question about the Killian, was it Killian Dane or whatever? Um, or what, what was the answer? Uh, it was, it was who the Killian Sam, Aldrich. I can't even remember the question. Aldridge Killian. Killian. Aldridge Killian. Yeah, Aldridge Killian. Yeah. I just named a wrestler. That's what I did. <laughs> Killian Dane's a wrestler. Aldridge Killian was the three point question about Iron Man three. And, um, you know, it was, it, it was, it was kind of a difficult question. Or if five you're a geek and player, obviously Smets five pointer. I'm sorry. Uh, Smets would have gotten it instantaneously. I knew it was something like that. I couldn't put my finger on it. I actually like Iron Man 3. I know a lot of people don't. Yeah. I like Iron Man 3. I think it's fun. I think his relationship with the kid's fun. I think that kid could be a future Marty McFly. I digress. Um, but I, I thought that um, her losing on the five-pointer, Jader getting home, I think that this is actually a good result for everybody. Obviously, Brittany wants to win, but she's going to get another match. And Jader going out there and winning, even if it wasn't in spectacular fashion, secures another spot for him in the future. So I think that they kind of both ended up winning in some ways. Do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And you're right about Jader. He has to win. He has to win yeah. this match if he's ever going to get another match in the Schmodown. It's just kind of the way this thing works. Especially when you're a fan. Especially when you're out of state. You know, he he's from Miami. So he got this all all expenses paid trip, and he made it count. He made it made it worth it. And now, uh, he, he now he's. He's in line, or he's eligible at the top of the list for another match. Can he go 2-0? and Tall order, because in that post-match, the Barbarian walks out. Now, Barbarian has had a scene with Ben Goddard. Now he's had a post-match interview with Jada Paramo. Where is he going to go? I do not know. So that'll be interesting to, to see in the future, because... And it'll, be also, it'll also be interesting to see where does Jader take his level of game now? Does he really shore up on a second-round strategy, those second-round categories now? You know, he knows what's on the wheel. What's his strat- How is his strategy going to evolve? What will the usual suspects as a faction do for Jader, you know, whether it's Sam Levine or, or Janine, Andrew Guy, or anybody else? What are they going to do with, with Jader to take his game to the next level? What is Jader going to do for himself to take his game to the next level? Because he's got to be ready for that next opportunity. And it's probably going to be a tough one. So do I think Jader can do it? Absolutely. I think he'll, whoever he faces next, he's going to give them a hell of a fight. Because I think, I would like to believe, he learned a lot from this match. So you can bet, I think, he's going to come back even more hungry because he knows the next time he loses, if he loses this next one, the dreams are done. The dreams over. It's gone. 
very well could be, especially given the way we're running things this year, the way the world is. So you got to win anything you get your hands on, because if you don't, this could be the last time this year. Just the way the league is going to have to be run this year. That could be it. So I'm looking forward to seeing Jader. Brittany, I thought she played a pretty good game. She knows the game. Yeah. She knows it well. Uh, I'd love to see her back. It wasn't like um, you know she got blown out or anything. Just ran into a couple of questions there in the final round that just didn't go her way. And that happens to a lot of people. You hate to see it in your rookie match for sure. But I think uh, she displayed enough knowledge in terms of how the game is played as well as movie knowledge to warrant another match. I, I agree with everything you said. It was a must win for Jader. Brittany, I thought she could have been good. Because the thing about it here is... It's it's it, part of it's based on your draw. Yeah, it's what I it's what I've been talking about. Why being a heel is great. It's like you you try to become a draw, and with Brittany, she's already got a built in fan base that people are going to want to see her again. And uh, especially if this match performs well and she performed well, we'll see her back as long as her schedule permits. Um, Jader, it's like, hey man, like you're out there in Miami, <laughs> <laughs> you know if you, you know, <laughs> it's funny like. The whole thing with some wrestlers, like some independent bookings, is like, oh, yeah, man, we'll get you up here in Chicago. We'd love to have you on. You know, you got to fly yourself, you know. And, you know, we don't we don't have a lot to pay. But, you know, if you fly yourself up here, you got a spot on the card. And, and you know, some, sometimes that's just how it has to happen. But if you prove to be a draw, the same promoter is going to say, hey, man, yeah, no problem. We'll take care of you. Just uh, book your flight. We'll re- reimburse you, whatever, whatever. We'll put you up, blah, blah, blah. So for Jader, he has to become a draw. He has to become something that people want to see and that people are excited to see. Going up against a Barbarian, eh, I wouldn't really like that so much if I'm Jader. True. Because Barbarian looks like a bad boy. He looks like a bad, bad man. So um, we'll see what happens with Jader. I still want to see that Barbarian-Ben Goddard matchup because if Goddard goes out there and waxes the Barbarian, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. We're talking about that, like I said, and I said on Twitter, talking about the Rookie of the Year conversation already. You know, for Ben, if he's able to, to continue in teams, beat Barbarian, like, psh, come on now. Being RV3 is one thing. Like, all respect to RV3. Sure. But people, we had a conversation in the big Schmodown van in Atlanta, and everyone was like, hey, uh, you think Barbarian's going to win the title? And this was like a legitimate conversation that was ha- being had. You know, with a lot of very well-respected players. Um, so, if Ben's able to pull that one off, man, that'd be great. But I, I enjoyed this match for what it was. I always like seeing new blood, and you're kind of figuring out where they all fit. I think that Kaiser and Sam should both be happy with these picks. I think they were good picks. And we'll see what, what happens with both these people moving forward. And here's the other thing when you talk about the Barbarian Ben Goddard. Because that's an interesting matchup. I think we we will eventually... Have to see. I don't think it's going to be each other, those guys each other's second match. That just doesn't make sense, given the way they played in their debut matches. I think right there's going to be have to be one match in between now and then when we get that matchup because I definitely would want to see Ben Goddard and Barbarian play, but you do run the risk of what if Ben Goddard in, in, a, in a singles in a sophomore match has a slump and he loses, then that goes out the window. Or if Barbarian loses in his second match, that kind of that hype yeah. then, you know, goes out the window, potentially. Slows down. So it definitely slows down. So but 
if these guys are as good as we think they could be and possibly are, then I think they can get past their second match and then in their third match to see who can go 3-0 and because not a lot of people in the showdown have gone 3-0. and There's only been maybe like 15 to 20 players that have ever done it, and a few of them have done it twice. Not a lot of people have gone 3-0. Like Drew McQueenie hasn't. He's never gone 3-0. Uh, you know, three-game winning streak. So there's great players out there who haven't done it. If you match these guys up to see who could go 3-0, I think it would be a great match. But what if Jader plays spoiler? What if Jader plays Ben in his second match? You don't know. So And Jader comes back even hungrier. There's a lot of things that could happen there, but uh, we're going to have to wait and see. It's going to be a while before we figure out where things are going to be positioned. So we're going to have to uh, just kind of wait and see. I hope it's not a while. <sighs> I hope it's not I a know. while. I, I, I think I think you know think things are things are looking good. Things are looking up. I, I'm I'm optimistic. But um, yeah, I think though also this rookie class has been a great rookie class so far. I mean, everyone we've seen, I, I've actually either been impressed by or I'm um, encouraged by. And I think that um, with Brittany and Jader, there's there's stuff to to definitely be encouraged by. I think they both kind of got their weaknesses, in, in my personal opinion, in round two. I don't think that – I don't – and also, I don't know how much the, the wheel was thought out. I'm just saying that because crime and Oscars seems like pretty broad categories, unless those were just ones that were on there and that they weren't picked by either, either competitor. So, I don't know. But uh, with Ben, with Barbarian, with even Keaton Markey, with um, – we've seen a lot of great people, I think, who can have a, a, a good career going into the movie trivia showdown here this season once things get picked back up and ramp up. But until then, there's going to be more matches coming your way and there's going to be exhibition matches. And you're going to see the boat versus Frank, West Coast Frank. That's your full name now, Frank, West Coast Frank. We're going to see us battle against Mark Andreco and Kevin Smets. I am a bit worried. I'm a, I'm a little worried about Kevin Smets. Now, here's the thing here. Let me ask What's you this. What's wrong with you? If I, lose, if I lose the Back to the Future match, does that does that taint... My book at all? Yeah, absolutely. It does. <laughs> like how so? Because I said so. Because uh, yeah, this book right here, "Back from the Future: Celebration of the Greatest Time Travel Story Ever Told," which well, this comes out Saturday. You're watching it Sunday. The book is officially out on Tuesday. It's officially out on Tuesday. Uh, available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books, IndieBound, and get this, Frank Janish. It's available in hardcover on Amazon, in Kindle on Amazon, or audiobook, brother. Yeah, wow. there's an audiobook. I didn't read it. Someone else did. His name's Joe something. Joe Himple. But you can go out there, or Himpel, or Heimple. I don't really know how you say it, but I'm going to find out when I listen to my own book that I haven't read. But anyway, Frank Janish, um, we have the, the exhibition matches coming up. There's like a champions match. There's uh, movie release dates, Scott Manson, Ben Bateman. That's going to be great. Lord of the Rings matchup. I'm looking out for Robert Parker in that one. Um, there's a lot There's a lot of great ones coming up. And when are we seeing Robert Parker debut? When is that match? Next week against Ace Cabrera. So the long-awaited debut. Yeah, we need, we need just a little bit on this. Long-awaited debut of Robert Parker finally in the Schmodown, out of the fan leagues, into the Schmodown. He'll be sitting at the desk across from one Ace Cabrera in an IG IG match. 
Will Dungeon get their first points of the year? Uh, if I was a betting man, I'd say yes, because based on Robert Parker's history and the hype that's around him, uh, certainly Ace has his work cut out for him. Could he do it? I don't know. I've never seen the guy play. Um, never heard that much about him. I mean, I know him from like Schmoe's No and all that stuff, but can he hang and intergeek them? It's a different animal in intergeek them. It's different types of players and questions and difficulty and strategy. Is Ace ready for it? I think Robert Parker is. He's been playing in those fan leagues for quite some time, and you like to think, based on past history of fan leaguers like Paulo Yama, Chance Allison, um, you know, slightly to another degree, Kevin Smets and Brandon Hanna, uh, James White, who's a rookie this year we haven't seen from the fan leagues, will Robert Parker follow in the footsteps of uh, those fan leaguers who have Paul and Chance have went on to become champions? Will Robert Parker start his path uh, this coming this coming Friday? To me, I'm going to be pretty excited to see how he plays, how he performs, what his dynamic with Kaiser is, that the whole dungeon dynamic. It's a lot of new things happening here. It's pretty exciting uh, for an intergeekdom match. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for this one for sure. Yeah, I'm excited to see Robert Parker. Um, you know, spending some time around him a few times now uh, in Atlanta and in in uh, L.A. The legendary night that I'll always remember laughing at with Robert Parker will always be funny. <laughs> and then he he pulled out another a new magic trick uh, at the bar in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They did to Roxy. <sighs> it's crazy. It's crazy. All right. Well, I, it was impressive. Just yeah, please. So impressive. Don't explain it at all. So he so he had a deck of cards, right? And he had Roxy pick one out at random. She picks it out. He pulls out a Sharpie. And he's like, sign the card. She signs the card. He pulls out a random one. He goes, okay, uh, I'll sign my card. He goes, now I want you to fold your card up into fourths and put it in your hand and hold it. Have you seen this one? You know what? You clearly don't look at our own Facebook page because I posted a video of Robert Parker playing a magistrate on the bartender after the draft. It's on our Facebook page. You can see it. But yeah, I've seen the trick. I recorded it. Oh, is it that one where he, yeah. where he bumps fists? Yeah, yeah. How does he do yeah, it? Yeah, it's really good. If you, if you haven't seen the video, you can find it on our Facebook page. Um, and it's it's up there. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It was impressive. Yeah. That one was impressive. I like it more than the other one. This The second one was more impressive than the other one. Then the, uh, he had the card written on his body. Oh, right, right. The tattoo. It was a tattoo. Well, no one's spoilers. <laughs> So anyway, before you blow up anybody right. else's spot, friend Janice, <laughs> why don't you let the people know where they can find you and follow you and what you got going on in your life? You can find me quarantined at FrankieJ29 on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, also, by the way, didn't we have fun on SD Best Friends Friday? Didn't we have fun on that? It was a blast. It was so good, wasn't it? Blast. You said that one thing, and then people were like, wow. And then, yeah. And I was like, bleep, yeah. typical. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you figure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. It, it got a little awkward. Yeah. Then it got a little exciting. And then, like, there were some embarrassing moments. But overall, it was enjoyable for most. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's not talk about yeah. it. We won't talk about it. But, hey, you can find me on all social media. at Brad Gilmore. I have a book, once again, coming out this Tuesday. Back from the Future, a celebration of the greatest time travel story ever told. You can get it on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or wherever else. Or you can get it from me. DM me. And not only do you get the book... I take one of these, which is a Sharpie, and I autograph it. And then you get one of these limited edition bookmarks. Ridiculous. 
So go ahead and hit me up on the Twitter at Brad Gilmore. But for Brad Gilmore, that's me and FrankieJ29, a.k.a. West Coast Frank. This is the Schmodown Rundown. We've talked for a little while, and now we're done. And we'll see you next week. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.